Zanino. Middle, middle. That a boy. He, he, he got it. He, he it got deep. it. We're going he got home. it. Mike Zanino <laughs> just walked off Minnesota. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Speed out there, pitch. Deep drive, left center field. Give me a baby! Go! A home run for Mitch Hanniger! Everybody, welcome back to the Soto Mojo podcast. This is your uh, side expert Colby Patton, and I'm joined by uh, co-side expert Ty Gonzalez, as always. And guys, do we have a lot to talk about? Jerry Depoto has gone insane. We have three trades to break down. Uh, two of them are, you know, pretty much monumental blockbuster type of deals, and the uh, the other one is still a sig- very significant deal um, that probably is getting overlooked right now um but ty you know jerry likes to stay active but this was probably the most busy uh week of his life so uh let's let's just dive right in and start talking about some of these trades uh you ready for this yeah i mean god it was (laughs) it felt like every every minute there was a, a tweet about the mariners you know um God, what has it been now? Six trades in uh, three weeks. So I think I saw some. I think I saw something like twenty-one players have changed hands. Yeah, like since uh, since November first, and yeah. I think the Mariners are the only team um, that's made more than one trade or something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they've by far made more than one trade. Yeah. I mean, they've probably made more trades in the last week than 75% of teams will make this entire offseason. Um, <clears throat> so, guys, we talked about this We talked about this before the show, Ty and I. Um, so the order of events for today is we're going to talk about uh, the Omar Narvaez for Alex Colomay trade, uh, and then we'll jump into Cano Diaz, and then we'll save Segura, Phil, uh, Segura to the Phillies. For last. Um, that one seems to have a few more uh, tentacles than uh, the other trades. So. Um, I guess we'll save the most complicated for last or uh, <clears throat> however you guys want to look at it. But we are going to go ahead and we're going to start with the uh, the first trade that became official um, in a very Mariners-like uh, fashion where it just kind of got announced uh, without any kind of warning whatsoever, um, the way Jerry usually does it. And that came out on Friday, I believe. Um, the Mariners trade a setup man, Alex Colomay, to the Chicago White Sox in exchange for a 26-year-old catcher, Omar Narvaez. Uh, Ty, what do you think of the deal? Um, and how does this change the Mariners' offseason going forward? Um, it's, a, it's a solid deal. You know, it's very similar to um, the parameters of the Zanino-Malik um, Smith deal 
the Mariners are getting a MLB ready talent with about four years left to control. And uh, Narvaez is basically the complete opposite of Mike Zanino. He's a really good offensive player and an average to below average defensive catcher. Uh, Fangraphs is a little bit more um, generous and their their ratings of uh, Narvaez defensively, but uh, he hasn't been the best pitch framer. But then again, he's also dealt with a pretty uh, poor uh, rotation for his career with uh, with the White Sox. So mm-hmm. take that for what you will. Um, but you know, the, uh, this is probably the best offensive like consistent offensive uh catcher that um the Mariners have had in quite some time you know Zanino was more of a power threat and you know got you uh um 20 to 25 home runs a year but uh Narvaez uh gets on base um can uh, keep things going on the on the base pass uh he's not a terrible uh base runner um it's not good either, but <laughs> you know. Um, well, he's a yeah, catcher, he's, so yeah, he's an offensive first catcher. Um, he's uh, left-handed, which is always fun, <laughs> and he's kind of like John Jaso, um, the former mm-hmm. Mariner who uh, who kind of won over the fan base during a pretty bad year and um, was unfortunately traded <laughs> in that terrible Mike Moore steal. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it, as for Colome, you know, Colome, uh, Colome had two years left on his deal. This is probably the best player you could get for him. Uh, there was no point in carrying Colome. He was going to cost you $7 million this year in arbitration. It was probably going to cost you more next year. Um, they could have waited until midseason to to make a deal and see if they could get more value, but I think what they got in Narvaez, they needed a catcher. Um, they needed someone that was more offensively inclined, I believe, uh, because Zanino, you know, for as much as we love him and as um, as fantastic as he as he was defensively, he was a liability offensively uh, more times than not, and um, they needed to get better there. Uh, they they couldn't just have this black hole in their lineup anymore. And um, and Narvaez, uh, you know, he he may not stick with the team. Um, he could be a potential trade candidate. You know, a year down the road, two years down road down the road, never know. But uh, but for now, he's solid, and um, he'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, so Narvaez is twenty six now. He turns twenty seven in February. Uh, so 2019 will be his age 27 season. So you yeah. get him seasons 27 through 30. Um, assuming you keep him, that's right in a player's typical prime. Last season, he uh, he slashed 275, 366, 429, um, which isn't that far from his 2017 season, uh, where he slashed 277, 373, and 340. So the power took a major jump uh, in 2018, but the on-base percentage, the batting average, it's all staying relatively the same. In his very brief debut in 2016, even, he still posted a 267 batting average and a 350 on base percentage. Um, <clears throat> a career uh, 12.3% walk rate, uh, only strikes out 16.9%. Uh, for comparison, I believe Zanino finished last year at 38% strikeout rate. So <laughs> Narvaez puts the ball in play, he takes walks, 
there might be a little more power in his bat than originally thought. I don't think you're going to look, you're, you're not going to get 20 home runs from Narvaez, but I think you could probably expect 13 to 15, a uh, high on base percentage guy, uh, pitch framing metrics. Uh, they do not favor him at all. Um, but again, you talk about, uh, you know, the metrics say that the White Sox had the worst uh, strike throwing staff in, in baseball. Uh, which makes sense because they're a young pitching staff. They don't quite have the command that the Mariners are expected to have with their projected rotation. Um, so we'll see if that makes a difference. I know Narvaez, he throws very well. He's a, he's a, he's a, you know, a catch and throw type of guy who can hit a little bit and you get him for four years. Uh, so essentially you replace Mike Zanino with younger, cheaper, uh, better hitter for what you're looking for. You know, when Jerry talks about control the zone, he's talking about Omar Narvaez. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. And to get an on base guy who plays catcher, uh, that's really, that's really rare. Um, and the Mariners have it. So, uh, I think Narvaez's defense is a little bit overblown framing metrics. Uh, I think I've heard he's going to be just a solid average defender. Um, nothing special. He's not Mike Zanino. Uh, but he is just fine. He's not a liability back there. He's not Miguel Olivo. Right? Yeah, he's, he's more of like a Robinson Torinos type. Yeah, he he's fine, you know, and uh, he blocks the ball okay. He throws really well. Um, we'll see how he works with the pitching staff and uh, how he calls the game and all that stuff. But again, at 20, 27 years old, um, you get in for age 27, 28, 29, and age 30 seasons. He's not going to cost you anything this year. He's pre-arbitration. And even if he plays like he has the last three years, he's not uh, he's not going to cost you, you know, a significant amount in arbitration either. So uh, you get a really nice player here uh, basically for free this year. And even the next two years, his arbitration numbers are going to be uh, very manageable. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's when you're rebuilding, as the Mariners clearly are, uh, the bullpen is the last thing that you try to address. Um those are guys who have value to winning teams or teams that think they're going to win and have no value to you. So to get a 27-year-old major leaguer who gets on base, can play a little defense, maybe has a little more power, right in the prime of his career for uh, two years of Alex Colomay, that seems like a home run to me. So I really like this trade. Yeah. Yeah, so do I. I think um... – this may be one of those one of the more underrated deals of the offseason um, that actually help the Mariners now and in the future. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, you know, I, I was you know banging the table for a more um, offensively in, inclined uh, catcher. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, and we got one. So. Um, yeah, so I, I couldn't be uh, couldn't be happier with Steele, honestly. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, Omar Narvaez is going to be the uh, the starting catcher in all likelihood. Yeah. Um, we'll see if the Mariners add anybody else, but for now it's Narvaez and uh, David Freitas, um, which is just fine for uh, a, for the Mariners and where they want to be in 2019. So uh, yeah, Omar Narvaez for Alex Colomay. good deal, Jerry. So let's let's spin ahead to um, probably the biggest deal, I would say. Uh, the Segura trade might be more interesting to talk about, 
but the Cano to D- the Cano and Diaz trade is certainly the uh, the headline deal here. Um, <clears throat> if you guys have been living under a rock or you haven't been following this very closely, uh, the Seattle Mariners trade Robinson Cano, uh, closer Edwin Diaz, and twenty million dollars, I believe, is the final total mm-hmm. yep. to the New York Mets for for uh, uh, Jay Bruce, uh, first baseman outfielder, uh, relief pitcher Anthony Swarzak. And three prospects, of course, the biggest name being outfielder Jared Kalenic, uh, as along with right-handed pitcher Justin Dunn and a reliever, uh, I believe it's Gerson Bautista is how you pronounce it. Yeah. And uh, and that's the whole that's the whole deal. So, Ty, let's first talk about just the players that the Mariners are getting back, and then we'll talk about the deal as a whole because I was I was pleasantly surprised by this deal, um, but we'll get to that in, in a minute. So. Tell us about the package the Mariners received. Um, you know, what do you think of these players the Mariners got? Yeah, so I'll talk about the prospects first because it gets a little bit more complicated when you talk about the vets. Um, sure. So just uh, the prospects right now. Jared Kelenic, um, man, he uh, <laughs> he's really, really, really interesting. Um, the... You know the Mariners uh, or Jerry Depoto has has now publicly said that they felt that Kelnick was the um, best player in the draft last year. Um, mm-hmm. So I understand why they were uh, ready to jump on this deal. Um, and uh, yeah, he's he's got the potential uh, to uh, to hit a uh, superstar level, um, and that's something that the Mariners have missed. Uh, for quite some time in their farm system. Um, but, you know, just looking at him, uh, he's 19 years old, Wisconsin project, uh, should be a relatively quick riser in, in the in the uh, Mariners farm system. Looks like he's going to start out in uh, A-ball or high A uh, this year. Um, it's a five-tool player, really good, really good arm, uh, could stick in center field. But um, even if he makes it to a corner, he's still still a very, very special player. Um, but, you know, the preference would be for him to turn into a pretty nice center fielder. Uh, but, you know, he's got a, got a nice bat, a lot of sneaky power, uh, more raw power than, uh, than game power right now, you know, as is with uh, most of these high school, uh, high school players. Um, but, yeah, he's... God, he's exciting. He's got the potential right now to be one of the best prospects in baseball uh, as he gets closer and closer to make his debut. And, uh, and yeah, like I said, the Mariners have been missing that that one player that can really uh, change the face of their franchise, and I think that they have a lot of potential there with Kelnick. I'm not saying that he will become that, but just having that potential there in general uh, and having that hope... Um, is something that they they really needed and they've really missed. Uh, Justin Dunn, uh, they really liked him coming out of the uh, the 2016 draft. Um, ended up taking uh, that was the Kyle Lewis year, right? Yep. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure if uh, Lewis didn't fall to them because that was kind of a big surprise league wide that uh, Lewis did fall to them. If that didn't happen, they probably would have taken Dunn. Um, yep. He ended up going 19th. Uh, eight picks later, um, and uh, Dunn's exciting. He's converted. He's a converted reliever. Um, 
played uh played for Boston College. Um, became a starter, I think, in his sophomore year. I want to say or junior year. Junior year. Yeah, junior year. You know he's he's got a he's got a good repertoire pitches. Uh, his fastball is really nice. Got uh, uh, nice breaking stuff, nice off speed stuff. Um, really, just a four pitch guy. Um, makes them all work. Uh, you know he's 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 not uh, jump off the page exciting, but he's uh, he's a solid he's a solid player right now. He's in the top one hundred for MLB pipeline. If you care about those kinds of things. Um, and, uh, he's got about a ceiling. Uh, I, I see him as more of a three than a, than an ace, um, kind of in the same vein as, uh, justice Sheffield, though. I do think Sheffield has more potential than some, uh, give him credit for. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've figured Dunn's like more of a, uh, good middle of the ro- uh, middle rotation, uh, type of piece, maybe a number two as a ceiling. So that's, that's solid. And, uh, as for, uh, Garrison Bautista, uh, this one, I, you know, I'm not too, too stoked about, don't really care as much. Um, you know, he's got a, he throws 100, uh, but his, uh, command is, uh, pretty shaky. He's a lot like Thiago, uh, Vieira, the yep. Mariners traded last year to the White Sox. Um, you know, he, he throws 100, but everything else is just not really there. Um, a lot of scouts, don't view him as a as a high leverage reliever. Uh, seems more just as a just a guy to put in your bullpen. Um, but they'll give you know right now they they can afford to to give him chances to uh, to ascend that and uh, and uh, see if you know they have more out of him. Uh, clearly they they value value him quite a bit. Um, and uh, you know maybe maybe they have something there, but. You know, right now it's it's really just uh, Kelnick and, and Dunn that are uh, the biggest pieces, and um, you know Bautista is kind of more uh, throw in, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. But they'll see what they have, and they'll see relatively soon. Right uh, before we jump ahead to the uh, the major league pieces that came back in this, um, Real quick, I, I did. I was able to talk to somebody, and I got a few comps for the uh, for the prospects the Mariners got back in this deal. Uh, we'll start with uh, Gerson uh, Bautista. Uh, you threw out a really good one, Tiago Vieira. Um, the one I heard was Joel Zumaya. If you guys remember him, mm. uh, big time fastball, uh, off speed pitch that flashes. No idea where it's going. The fastball is relatively straight. Um, so unless he vastly improves his command. He's the sixth inning guy that you bring out to face the bottom of the order. Um, you know, he's, I mean, I, the Mariners don't have anybody in their bullpen. Like, he's basically what Nick Rumbelow was for you last year. Um, so I'm not overly excited about him, but he throws hard, so who knows. Um, it's worth giving him a shot. Uh, he'll probably start the year in AAA Tacoma. Uh, Justin Dunn, this was an interesting one that I heard back. I heard... Um, Again, he's not quite there yet. Uh, the slider needs a bit of work, and he really does need to improve his command. Right now, he's probably, a, at best, a 50-grade guy, which is just around average um, on the 2080 scale. Uh, but he's a good athlete. There's uh, still some room to grow, and there's a chance he gets up to 55 uh, command, and if he does, then he's going to be the number three starter that Ty talked about. 
the name I heard back was actually Michael Pineda um, in terms of stuff. Dunn is smaller. He doesn't throw quite as hard. Uh, but again, a fastball slider guy, the curveball, the changeup, you're hoping that one of those becomes the third pitch. Um, and if it does, then you've got a really nice number three, possibly number two, if just absolutely everything clicks for him. Uh, but I heard Michael Pineda back on uh, on Justin Dunn. Uh, I think it's more likely that Dunn is um, it's more likely that Dunn ends up than he reaches the ceiling that Michael Pineda had. But uh, that's a pretty good comp. And by the way, Justin Dunn's floor is a high leverage reliever. Um, that's the type of stuff he has. So even if he never quite sticks in the rotation. He could be your next Edwin Diaz. Um, probably not as good, but when you're talking about a guy who can transition from the bull, from the rotation to the bullpen and see an uptick in velocity, uh, that's definitely Justin Dunn. Uh, so it's an interesting name there. And uh, Jared, Kel- uh, Jared Kelenic, I heard this one, and uh, at first I was a little nervous, and then I got really excited. And the comp I heard was Nick Markakis. Yeah. Um, Particularly the uh, the first uh, five years or so of Nick Markakis um, in his career, which is to say, you know, a high batting average around 290, between 290 and 300, you know, a high on base between 340 and 400 maybe in a really good year, uh, pretty good slugging percentage, probably going to max out at about 20 home runs, but he's going to hit a lot of doubles. He's going to play good defense in a corner. Um, he'll be a solid base runner. And... Uh, you know, I think he's probably destined for right field, um, which is okay because he has the arm for right field. He's a good athlete, um, and it's not impossible that he turns himself into a good center fielder. But, uh, yeah, those are the three names I heard. I heard Nick Markakis, Michael Pineda, and uh, Joel Zamaya on the three prospects the Mariners got back. So uh, take that for what it's worth, yeah. which might not be anything, but take it for what it's <laughs> worth. Yeah, uh, you know, I heard the Marcakis thing, too. Um, I think that's good. Um, I think Kelnick could transcend that um, even more, uh, which is sure. exciting. Um, but we'll have to see. I think... I would say this. I, I would think the absolute ceiling for Kelnick, and this is if everything goes like 120%. He improves his power. He puts on a little more muscle. He improves in the outfield. If all that clicks for him, I think the absolute high-end comp you can give him is Christian Yellick. Yeah. So, and that that's what we're talking about here. <laughs> I like how you say put on more muscle when he has, like, the forearms the size of my head. I know, I know. I, I, I <laughs> More muscle is probably not the right word. Um because yeah, he's six foot one. He's one ninety five. So I mean, this isn't like a scrawny dude. Yeah. Um, but there is there's still room to grow. I um, mean, again, yeah. he's only nineteen, so he's still growing. Um, but yeah, his his forearms are uh, are quite impressive. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, as for the major league paces that the the Mariners are getting, uh, they're getting Anthony Swarzak. I'll just talk about him quickly because he's pretty uh, unexciting. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, you know, Swarzak, he had a good year in 2017, signed a minor league contract with the White Sox, balled out, got traded to the Brewers, pitched fine. Uh, that earned him a two-year, $14 million contract with the Mets. Uh, he went back to being pretty mediocre. 
Um, high high K per nine. Uh, I think it's ten point nine three last year. Um, mm-hmm. Might be wrong on that. But uh, you know he's 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 got some potential to be a solid piece to to trade and get a lot of a lot of ticket um, in July. Uh, there was there was some thought that they may have flipped him for uh, or uh, in the Gene Segura uh, deal, but that fell through. Not sure why. I'm not sure why that was even brought up in the first place. Um, but yeah, so who cares <laughs> about that? Uh, as for Jay Bruce, uh, you know, he, Jay Bruce has been a solid player for most of his career and kind of just flown under the radar. He, it, you know, he's, he's a year removed from a 2017 season in which he got traded at the deadline to the Indians and in a pretty, uh, pretty solid deal, uh, played 146 games that year, 36 home runs, 101 RBI, uh, slash 254, 324, 508. 118 WRC plus um, and combine that with uh, 2016. He had, if you combine those two years, he had 69 home runs and 200 RBIs. So that's pretty solid production there for, for two years for Jay Bruce. Um, but last year dealt with some injuries, uh, only played 94 games, home runs only hit nine slash two twenty three three ten three seventy. 89 WRC plus by far um, one of his worst years, uh, probably second worst year. He had a pretty bad year in 2014, which led to his, uh, his eventual exit from the Reds. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a solid, you know, he's a solid player that, you know, he, he gives them a bit more pop, uh, gives them a little bit more flexibility where they can put him. Uh, he can play some first base. Uh, plays a little bit of left field, doesn't play well at all. Uh, he's a little bit uh, worse defensively than Denard Span, who wasn't very good at all out there. Um, but yeah, if he gets his power numbers up uh, and he builds up his value a bit more in the trade market, he's going to be a really nice piece uh, come July. Uh, the The Mariners have told him that uh, to expect um, making it to spring training as a Mariner. So, not too sure if he'll be flipped, but you know things change all the time, mm-hmm. uh, especially with when Jerry Depoto is your uh, general manager. So, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's it, it. He's a high upside veteran, same as Anthony Swarzak. Um, they can get you a nice, you know, lottery ticket uh, in July. Uh, maybe, you know, if Bruce balls out, uh, that'll help you shave off some of, uh, some of his money that remains. He's owed $28 million over the next few years. And I, and I forgot to mention with Swarzak, the big thing with Swarzak is that, um, he's owed, uh, 8.5 million this year, but he's a free agent after the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not going to be a huge, uh, um, weight on the Mariners shoulders, uh, going forward. Uh, and that, uh, that kind of, you know, helps us transition into, uh, kind of the more, um, wide outlook on the, uh, deal as a whole. So Colby, uh, you know, what do you think about Bruce and Swarzak and, uh, kind of how the, uh, the money, um, evens out here with, uh, with dealing with, uh, Cano's contract and, you know, also, uh, dealing Diaz. Right. Um. 
Real quick, wanted to add something on Swarzak before we move on. Uh, he did battle a shoulder injury in 2018. Um, typically, he's a guy who throws a lot of strikes. He's, he misses bats, um, susceptible to the long ball. But uh, I think there's a pretty good chance he bounces back in 2019, which would be nice because, like you said, the Mariners could then flip him in July and get back a lottery ticket or two. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, overall, um, the way the deal is structured and whatnot, the Mariners are essentially – uh, eating about $55, 56000000 million um, for the Mets uh, to help them uh, acquire Robinson Cano. So uh, that would be the uh, $26 million, I believe, that is owed to, uh, that is owed to uh, Jay Bruce. There's still some debate about a signing bonus or something and who's actually paying that, um, or there's some kind of bonus. So, but it's going to be roughly $26 million for Bruce. Uh, for two years, and then Swarzak is at eight million. Um, so you know that gets you up to thirty-four, and then there's uh, the twenty million you're sending with Cano. Uh, that gets you to fifty-four million dollars of relief for the Mets, and they're taking a hundred twenty million dollar contract. So uh, you guys can do the math. That's what uh, sixty-six million dollars uh, that uh, the Mariners are saving. Uh, yeah. possibly more if they, if they move Bruce this July, um, then that's going to be another, uh, $18 million or so the Mariners will save. Well, um, depending on how much they, they may have to fork over on that deal. Right, right, right. Uh, there's just, there's opportunity for the Mariners to save even more money in this deal. Um, we'll see if can be productive. Um, and if Swarzak can also do the same and, uh, recoup some value and you can trade them down the line. So uh, money-wise, the deal, um, the Mets basically take on $66 million of additional payroll over the next five years. Um, and as for the trade overall, I really think the best way to look at this deal is to look at it as two separate trades. Uh, I think you're looking at Robinson Cano and $20 million for uh, Jay Bruce and Anthony Swarzak. And then I think you're really looking at Edwin Diaz for uh, Justin Dunn and Jared Kalanick. Um, <clears throat> so that's probably the easiest way to look at it. Um, I, you can't really, though, uh, <clears throat> because the uh, the inclusion of Cano probably did cost the Mariners, uh, I don't know, a B-minus type of prospect uh, if they had just traded Diaz to, say, the uh, but overall, uh, comp-wise, the trade is Bredwin Diaz is is fair. Um, you know, you look at what uh, what the Yankees got for Andrew Miller. They got Justice Sheffield and they got Clint Frazier. Well, the Mariners get Justin Dunn and Jared Kelenic. You know, those are the big pieces. So the Mariners probably miss out on a couple lottery ticket type of prospects, um, which they very well may recoup if they can trade Jay Bruce and Anthony Swarzak. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think like when you look at this deal, I look at it as unfinished um, because I, I truly do not believe that uh, neither uh, Bruce nor Swarzak will play out the rest of their contract in a Mariner uniform. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so it's unfinished. I, I think uh, once those guys are, are, are dealt, um, you can kind of, turn that into what the package became right and uh yeah i you know but like the big thing here is um 
Cano's numbers are off of the books and combine that with um, Felix coming off of the books at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, Swarzak. Yeah, Swarzak. Um, and then we'll get into some of the other pieces that you know they've added and gotten rid of once we talk about the Segura deal. But yeah, it's it this is um they've given themselves a lot of flexibility for uh to compete and 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 fill their roster once the time is ready. Um and we'll get more into that once you know we talk about the Segura deal um because of you know some of the comments that Jerry Depoto uh made yesterday about you know how they view free agency um once they they've decided it's time to compete. Right. Um, I, I think probably the important thing to note here is that you and I, last week, we kind of poo-pooed the idea of uh, packaging Robinson Cano uh, to Edwin Diaz, um, mainly because we were anti-salary dump, pretty much, and that's yeah. what the trade, uh, we assumed it would look like. And I think a lot of people assume that, and because it happened, a lot of people assume it was a salary dump. That is not what happened here. Um, yeah. It really isn't, and anybody who tries to tell you otherwise, they're basically lying to your face, um, or they're so tragically misinformed that, you know, you shouldn't listen to them, um, or, you know, they hate the Mariners, and hey, I can't blame them. I totally get it, so uh, that's yeah. absolutely not what happened here. Um, Clinic and Dunn is fair value for Edwin Diaz. Uh, Jerry Depoto did not... Our big fear was that Jerry Depoto would forego some high-end talent to get rid of Cano. So instead of getting two top prospects uh, for Diaz, you might get one and like a C plus because you're trying to get Cano off your books. That's not what happened here. The Mariners got two legitimate top high-level prospects in the Edwin Diaz deal. They saved $66 million uh, of Robinson Cano's contract. They got a couple of guys who they can probably flip for lottery tickets at some point this year in Jay Bruce and Anthony Swarzak. And for all of those reasons, I really think you have to give Jerry Depoto a ton of credit. We were yeah. terrified. We did not think he could do it. And he just went out and he basically made it into existence with the Mets. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that he, you know, he destroyed them or anything like that because the Mets are still getting two really good players. Um, It's also just weird. Like what are the Mets doing? (laughs) You know? Right. Um, It it seems odd that they've decided that this is the year they're going to start going for it. Especially with the Braves, the Phillies, the nationals. Yeah. That's the thing about the, the, the NL East this year, just the Marlins are the only team that are, uh, not really looking to compete this year. That's going to be a really, really interesting uh, division this year. And speaking of the Nationals, they just signed Patrick Corbin to a six-year deal. Really? The Nationals? That's an upset. Yep. Um, I thought for sure he was going to Philly. So, uh, God, that, wow. that rotation is going to be insane. So, yeah, that's Strasburg, Scherzer, uh, Corbin. Who's the other? Who's the, uh, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody pretty big. Um, but yeah, that, that's an insane, uh, rotation. And what's funny is, is that the Mets entered this off season and they were like, yeah, we're going to listen on Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. And then they go and they make this trade and now they're like, no, we're not going to trade. It's like, so what changed between, you know, two weeks ago when you were looking like you were going to rebuild to now where you're adding 
Dalton Cano and paying two of your best prospects for, you know, a closer. Like, I I, I really don't get it. I think Jerry did a great job uh, in this trade. He leveraged it well. Um, and, yeah, you know what? Robinson Cano probably did cost the Mariners a better prospect than uh, Gerson Bautista. It did. Yeah. But who cares? I that's the that's the third or fourth best piece in this deal. And again, we talk about guys like Swarzak and Bruce. These are guys that you can flip at the deadline. You're not going to get a clinic for either one of them, but you know, you might get another Jake Fraley or, you know, you might get somebody like uh, Ricardo Sanchez, who the Mariners have also traded for. Um, you never know. So yeah, I, th- I think depending on, depending on what Bruce does, this year, you might be able to get something a little bit better than that for Bruce. Uh, I think Swarzak, though, Swarzak's going to get you that guy that kind of slides into your 25 to 30 range in your farm rankings. Right. Um, that kind of guy. I think Bruce more so gets you maybe a, a 45 uh, future value kind of guy. You know, just depending on what, what he does this year, though. Yeah, I think so. Um, also, depending on how much money the Mariners are going to, uh, the Mariners eat uh, because if the Mariners are willing to eat more of his salary, they'll get more for Bruce um, in July. So, uh, yeah, like said, I'm just gonna look up real quick uh, what the Mets got when they traded Bruce to the Indians. Uh, they got Ryder Ryan. I have no idea who the hell that is. So, <laughs> right. So we're just gonna ignore that. <laughs> right. But, like, like I said, you're getting lottery tickets. Um, yeah. For those guys, if you trade them. But yeah, like I said, uh, to kind of wrap it up, I I really like that trade. I did not expect like it at all when I heard that it was going to be Cano and Diaz going in the same deal. Um, and you know, good for Jerry. He he pulled it off, man. He really did. And it's just a good reminder to fans that Jerry Depoto is not stupid. I, I don't know if he's a great general manager or even a good one, but he's not dumb. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> like I said, for him to pull off this trade where he gets Cano off of his books, uh, or at least $54 million of it off of his books, um, and he still gets his two, like the two prize prospects, um, in the Mets farm system, or at least two of the top three, uh, that that's insanely good. So uh, yeah. hats off to Jerry; he pulled it off. And for those that, you know that get caught up in the rankings and stuff, um, you know, maybe complaining a little bit that the Mariners didn't get someone that was higher, you know, in pipelines rankings, whatever, you know, because Kelnick's sixty-two right now. Kelnick is young. Kelnick is probably going to be that top 10 guy by the time he, re- you know, reaches the, the MLB, if right. all things go well. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too upset with, uh, with uh, the top end of, uh, of the return. Uh, Kelnick yeah. is, uh, Kelnick has the potential to be something very special for this organization. Yeah, Kellenick is the prize of the Mets farm system. And I know that MLB Pipeline had him ranked behind uh, was it Andres Jimenez and uh, Peter Alonzo. Yeah. They had him ranked behind there. No. If you could pick one guy from the Mets farm system to get back, it would be Kellenick. He's the best prospect. Um, yeah. If you look at Mets Twitter, uh, especially during the rumors and everything, they were all having a meltdown about. Uh, 
about losing Kelnick. Uh, even after the deal was done, you know, I saw comments saying like, "Can we trade for Kelnick back?" <laughs> right. Uh, you know. He, the, yeah. The the fan base there they they really um, love uh, love Jared love themselves some uh, Jared Kelnick. So we got a good and, one there. Yeah, and, and uh, apparently so did Jerry Depoto. So yeah, <clears throat> like I said. I, I I would give that grade. I would get like if I had to grade the trade. Uh, for me, that's like a B plus, A minus. Yeah. Um, I still would really prefer that they trade Diaz uh, separately, but they didn't, and they got back a good return overall. So I'll, I'll give Jerry a B, uh, B plus on that, and probably an A in terms of creativity. Um, so yeah, you know, like I said, that that's a really good trade, and uh, I am uh, I am quite excited to watch. Uh, Kellenic rise through the uh, the farm system. Like you said, he'll probably start the year in uh, West Virginia, A ball, um, yeah. which means he could see double A as soon as uh, next year. And from there, you know, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he's up, you know, mid 2021. Um, mm. I suppose late 2020 is possible, but uh, I just I hope they don't rush him. But uh, <clears throat> Anyways. I don't think they'll rush him, but I think he has that potential to be that that kind of guy that gets up there at a young age, you know, that one Soto type of uh, timeline. Right, he forces their hand, and because yeah. uh, I think I think if he balls out in uh, in the minors this year, he could uh, end the season in uh, Modesto. Um, actually, mm-hmm. I think that might be a foregone conclusion that he'll he'll end up in Modesto, but who knows? Maybe he ends up in Arkansas by by you know. August, if he really balls yeah. out, yeah, fine by you me. Just never know with these kinds of guys because they have yeah. such a high ceiling, and um, you know, kind of the, the sky is kind of the limit there. Right. Uh, just to wrap that up real quick, uh, Gerson Bautista is a Mariner for the entire 2019 season. You'll probably see him at the big league level at some point. Yeah. Uh, and Justin Dunn, you may see him at the big league level. You might not. Um, it's certainly well within the realm of possibility yeah. that he makes his major league debut in, debut in 2019. I'm guessing he'll start the year in double a. Um, so we'll see. I, I, the Mariners should give him time to develop as a starter. Um, but if they were going to use him as a reliever, he's ready right now. So, uh, he's close. He's close. So, yeah. uh, that'll put a bow on the, uh, on the Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz trade. 